Welcome to the X-Men Roundtable, an amazing group of divorced men who show up each week to a candid and short discussion about life after divorce from our various and unique experiences. I'm Jason Blount. Thank you for joining me and my friends Peter Hobler, Dustin Drun, Larry McGinnis, and Stuart Young. Here we walk shoulder to shoulder with other divorced dads simply trying to do one right thing after another as we share about relationships, fatherhood, ex-spouses, mindset, and much more. This is the X-Men Roundtable. So self-sabotage is what we're talking about today. And um, Stu, maybe you want to have a, uh, I think you had a better definition of our, of our topic, but um, what, what do you, what, what do you think? Yeah. So today, um, it came up in a, in a previous conversation about self-sabotage, how people are getting in their own way. And uh, something that I learned about self-sabotage quite recently, uh, which made me really think uh, deeply about it, and we're going to discuss it now, was how self-sabotage is a sign of mistrust in yourself. So you don't trust mm-hmm. yourself, so you end up inadvertently or subconsciously sabotaging your efforts because you don't trust that they're the right efforts or you don't trust that you can fulfill those efforts or or so on and so forth so it's this this discussion is not about defining it in a very particular way or even like telling you how to solve it i'm guessing this discussion is us guys investigating it and hopefully getting you guys that are watching or listening to just think about it and consider what we're what we're going to discuss, rightly or wrongly. Who's yeah, had self sabotage? Who, who can identify some self sabotage in themselves here? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's got their hands up. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think totally. I think to a large extent, self sabotage. We conditioned ourselves because of our belief system. Um, I know for myself, I'll cut myself down or somebody says something that just sort of triggers a little something inside of me. I'll get pissy, reactive, and it's total self-sabotage. So we were talking a moment ago, um, we've talked about shame, self-shame. We've talked about blame. We've talked about excuse making. And those are really all the opposite of, of taking personal responsibility. And when you realize that there's a consequence for every, every word, the words you speak for every action, every reaction, then you can step into taking responsibility for it and start to shift it, if that makes sense. Mm. But I'm sure almost everyone out there has, you know, at some point, at some level, done some self-sabotage especially in this realm of divorce that we're, we're focused on in the group. I, I think one of the insidious uh, uh, facets of self-sabotage is you don't know you're doing it while you're doing it. Because mm. if you did, you, and if you had the wherewithal, you would stop yourself. Uh, I usually don't, I, I can think of, I don't know, dozens of times I've sabotaged my own efforts in different arenas and, it's usually well after the fact where I realize uh, what I should have done. 
but we, I mean, how many of us here and how many of us listening and how many of us watching have not done the thing that we know we should be doing right now, whether that's going to the gym or whether it's having a conversation with somebody or whether it's doing some work and you just avoid it. That's a little piece of self-sabotage right there, isn't it? When you mm. think, yeah, I've got to go to the gym. Let me just watch this video on YouTube first. Oh, time's gone. Uh, it's a bit late now, isn't it? And yeah. before you know it, <laughs> you've just scuppered yourself. Now we can do it with the with the absolute and total wherewithal, and we can do it completely subconsciously. So, so it's happening all throughout. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering what your guys take on the the trust idea is. You know, so if you're self sabotaging, and if you just remember a time when you self sabotaged, either consciously or unconsciously, and then and now think. In what way might I not have been trusting myself? Just as an exercise, what comes up? Yeah, I got one. This is near and dear because it it was it was very embarrassing what I did. In, and since we're talking about divorce, when I was going through my divorce, I had access to my uh, wife's emails and uh, phone, and so I was following up on emails and emails between people and transactions and so forth. And it got to the point where it was, it was more akin to stalking. It started out as me protecting myself. I didn't, I want to know what was coming. So I wanted control. And I kept doing this to the point where she found out and I got in a lot of trouble with that. And, and I knew on that journey, there was a conflict between what I knew was right. My, my conscious mind and my subconscious desire to have control and to have familiarity to have an understanding of what's coming you know to have some kind of sense of understanding what's happening but there was that conflict between my my conscious acknowledgement that this is wrong and my subconscious fears and desires and everything else was at play below the surface it was like a compulsion mm. and, and i had it created guilt within me and i felt ashamed of myself because of that but i the urge was was overriding me and the way it was self-sabotaging was it really when we when we have shame it takes away our power it takes away our ability to step out in boldness there's no way to really justify really a wrong action and so when she was caught there was really no justification in what way was that not trusting yourself that that was not trusting myself and know that this divorce is happening and whatever happens is out of my control and I didn't trust that whole, that whole part. And so that, that trust in myself was that trust that I can't go, I can't handle things without knowing what's happening. Mm. So I have to get control to satisfy that need. Now I, I can trust what I can do. I can trust what I, who I'm talking to and how I'm perceiving it because in that, in that moment, and I believe that when we're in a, under a lot of pressure, it really reveals who we are at the core you know, our sense, our, our anger, our fears, our doubts. And so it really challenged me on my level of trust for my own ability to handle the very thing I was mm. going through. So my way of doing it was getting control. And the conflict yeah. was in the values between consciously what I knew and subconsciously my, my drivers I learned as a kid, my, my fears and so forth were, 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 put, were kind of compelling me to do the very thing that I knew was wrong. And, and confusion will do that, right? Because... Oh. You're confused at that time. I, I know I was, and I'm guessing a lot of people listening or watching were confused. And when you're in confusion, it's very difficult to trust what you do next, isn't it? Because you, because by definition, you're confused. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you had clarity, you'd yeah. be you'd trust yourself. But you're yeah. Peter's favorite word, clarity. I love it. And and, and yeah. it it brings so much to the table. And it really threw a bomb on the whole issue of self-identity. And, and, and I know for a lot of married men and women, it does for them. And they, they question to one degree or another, how much do I, there's that question probably at the core, probably not the, the front of the situation. How much do I trust myself? How do I trust myself that I can go on to get a career that I want or to get a relationship that I want? Or how much do I trust that I have within myself to maintain the relationship I want with my kids? And there's that comes back to that self-worth. It's a really, I know we can drill down deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm. That's why for me, counseling and coaching is what I needed for accountability. It was huge to anchor me to some semblance of a reality because my sense of reality was, was out of whack on Samaria. Mm. And I, I think anger is a huge part of self-sabotage as well. I mean, every divorce situation I've ever heard of, I'm sure each of you here, you know, we experienced a lot of anger, whether it was ourselves getting anger, reacting with anger, uh, the ex, exes reacting back with anger. And, and the thing about anger that I realized for myself was the more often I got angry and the angrier I got, the more out of control I was, um, the less control I had of what was going on in the situation. And I rarely, if ever, got what I wanted from, from the ex, from the other person. And so I think anger which a lot of it, uh, a lot of my anger came from my own fears. I was afraid of losing my daughter. So when custody questions would come up, I would react vehemently. And all it did was make things worse and worse. Total self-sabotage. Yeah. So like, so, so I, Larry, sorry, Dustin. No, go ahead. Go ahead Larry, your situation, we, we keep pointing out, is it's slightly different to ours. And I'm just wondering whether your situation was actually your way of self-sabotaging. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, <clears throat> so my, my situation, okay, uh, my situation uh, with regarding um, um, infidelity. Is, infidelity, is your infidelity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am pretty sure I knew at the time that I was self-sabotaging and yet I forged ahead. Uh, and I, I was pretty sure I knew this could only end in one way. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was but You right. didn't trust yourself to end it that way. Is that right? Um, I didn't, tr yeah, I, I didn't trust myself, I guess, to end it in a way that would have had a, I was gonna say the most positive impact, but probably the least negative impact is more like it. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think that's where uh, a lot of infidelity out there is, is based on, or that it goes hand in hand with uh, self-sabotage. Mm. You're definitely sabotaging the entire relationship. Mm. Sorry, Dustin, you, you were going to say something there. I was going to say, you know, <clears throat> self-sabotage is kind of this um, self-fulfilling prophecy that happens. And, mm. um, you know, you start to tell yourself things and start, you know, we talked about the blame, shame, justify game thing. And, you know, eventually you start to find ways to justify what you're doing, maybe in some way on an inside level where you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, 
it's always been this way or I've always been this way. So why would I change that? And I'm going to keep going this direction because of my identity of who I think I am. And then you don't see it so much as self-sabotage anymore. You see it as more of an identity um, trait that you have. And you're like, I'm not sabotaging anything. This is who I am. This is what I do. You know, this is who I be. That, that, you know, that language, that neuro linguistic programming that we give ourselves and trick ourselves into thinking. And then people from the outside look at you and go, you know, Dustin, who, who are you now? Like, who have you become? This isn't who I know you to be or whatever, or you're not, this isn't the person that I thought you were or whatever. And so, um, you know, you see, we talked earlier about external people and external, um, the difference between, um, you know, having other people's um, expectations or whatever kind of put on you um, or image or, you know, image of yourself or whatever. Um, and so when those two things aren't, aren't like, I use the word congruence, uh, aren't, aren't matching, um, that is when I think you have to kind of stop yourself and recognize that things are maybe not uh, where you want them to be, or maybe you need to start making a change or break a pattern or, you know, and like you said, Larry, you know, know when you're doing it, the time that you're doing it, you know, you don't recognize those things. Peter, you told the story about how you, in the shame, blame, justify game, you didn't even realize that you were doing, saying things about yourself until you put a hundred dollars in the bucket. Um, you know, we all do it. We all do it on a daily basis and it's unconscious and um, self-sabotage is something that it happens in big ways and small ways. You know, like you said, Pete, Stu, you don't go to the gym. You know, you should go to the gym. You know, you shouldn't eat, you know, you shouldn't go and get another hamburger. You know, <laughs> you shouldn't, you shouldn't have another cocktail. You shouldn't do those things, but you do it anyway. And you find a way to justify it and you find a way to say, it's okay. That's all right. I deserve this or whatever. Um, but, and that's fine once in a while, but when it becomes a thing where you're, you know, becoming damaging, when you're affecting the people around you, you're affecting your relationship with your ex or with your current girlfriend or with your kids or whatever. That's when I think you definitely need to find a way to, um, or ask for help or take a good hard look at yourself and go, is this, is this who I want to be? Is this who I am? Is this who I was? Is this who I want to be going forward? And then let things go in the path. We talked about shame earlier too. When, when you realize that or make that discovery about yourself and you don't have the, the good feelings about, oh gosh, you know, I, I totally blew it. You know, I, I didn't, I'm not who I think I should be, then you do need to find that strength somehow. We talked about, um, you know, <laughs> breaking the pattern a little bit. It's, it's difficult to do that. But if you can find someone that can give you like, you know, kind of the objective viewpoint of, well, what do you see right now? And I don't know, that's, that's a, it's difficult, but the, it, if you don't do that, then you will kind of spiral downwards, um, you know, out of control if you're not careful, you know? So mm. decide who you want to be and decide, you know, if, if what you're doing is in line with who you think you should be or what you want to instill in your kids or whatever, 
And if those two things aren't the same, then you need to definitely um, consider that as um, maybe you need to take some action on that and, you know, step out of that pattern of what it is that you're doing. Make, you know, do something radical, do something, you know, different. You know, we talk about the going towards pain or going, or going away from pain and towards pleasure and decide if what you're doing is, is taking, which direction are you going? Are you going towards pain or you, do you want to go towards pleasure? And I think that's another thing too, is sometimes you get confused about what those two things are like, well, this, this feels really good. You know, this, this thing that I'm doing is taking me towards pleasure, but in the long run, it's a painful thing because your, your self-discipline is not there. Right. So anyway, that's, that's yeah. my thoughts. So so like you said, having another, having another hamburger, having another pizza, having another cocktail are all pleasurable things, but they can sometimes be distractions. And, and I suppose what we're getting at in some of the things that are being said, it's identifying what self-sabotage is and when it's happening where you can, because not every failure in our behavior is self-sabotage in my mind. I could be proved wrong, right? But I'm thinking we try things all the time, right? Uh, and sometimes we fail. That doesn't mean we've self-sabotaged us necessarily. We could have done. But sometimes it's just because we've just gone down the wrong path. It's just not right. We've tried our hardest and it's just not worked out. And we pivot and we try something else. And maybe somebody would say, yeah, well, choosing that path in the first place was the first step of self-sabotage. Maybe they're right. I don't know. I think the point, the takeaway, because we need to wrap up, the time has gone so quickly today. It might be that when you feel yourself self-sabotaging in the moment or whether you're reflecting on something that maybe you've done in the past and you're thinking about it as self-sabotage, it's just to question why. If that was self-sabotage, why was I doing it? And if this is self-sabotage, what I'm doing right now, why am I doing it? And maybe that will bring up some answers. Maybe you're afraid of something. And so you don't give everything to some to, to an endeavor, which then ends up not going well because you haven't given it everything. Or whether you, when you're looking back, you see something and you think, see part of your behavior, and you think, yeah, maybe that was self-sabotage when I did that. And maybe the reason was, um, you know, I, like you were saying earlier, um, Jason, that you were, you were worried and, about getting all the information so that you knew where to come from when you were discussing whatever was going to happen. Or maybe it was something else. Only by asking ourselves, can we get any, anywhere closer to understanding it? And I think the understanding of it is where we might actually start to unravel it all. Any, any last thoughts from anybody? You know, I think asking the, the why you're self-sabotaging is, is huge too. Um, and then I think the next question would be, okay, how can I shift to be mm. more self-supportive, self-nurturing to create more of what I really want, right back to the clarity thing. So mm. get that clarity for what you want because when you're self-sabotaging, you're never gonna get what you want. Mm. Uh, you know, a couple of questions that helped me out. Oops, sorry, did I step over you, Larry? Uh, go ahead. I had a couple of questions that helped me out when I really, really realized what I was doing. And, it, and granted, I have to revisit this because this is constantly growth for all of us. We, we go, we're humans, we're, we're challenged every day. So a couple of the questions I ask myself is, is this something I really want to do, be or want? Is it um, is aligned with, with 
with my purpose, who I am, where I want to go. Um, and then um, ask, is it really in harmony with my values and beliefs? Mm. And the last thing I ask is, is it hurting anybody? You know, is it, mm. is it causing any harm to anybody? And just those four simple questions. Because we recognize I think you had some great questions too, Stuart. This is what helped me out on my journey. And then the last piece was accountability, which I know Dustin talked about, is find somebody that's not a yes man or a yes woman that's going to listen to us and not necessarily for agreement, but for accountability. And it doesn't have to be that they have an opposition to us, but just somebody that's able to give us a, a different perspective, um, even professionally as a counselor, therapist, coach, or a trusted friend that, again, can be that um, not a yes man or yes woman. But those are the four questions I use. Mm -hmm help to steer me as I'm, as I'm looking at something, whether it's what, why am I snacking at night or when, <laughs> uh, not making that phone call I need for business or how I interact with my ex. Come on, Larry, your last, your last words. Okay. Um, as far, you know, self-sabotage uh, can come from uh, rules this is a concept I came across recently, uh, and these rules can either be factual or uh, or not. Uh, it could these rules could be uh, based on uh, inaccurate information that uh, <clears throat> like even when you're a kid and other kids, you know, you get ganged up on by other kids repeatedly or whatever. And therefore something must be wrong with you. And that's a rule that you carry around with you. So the concept is, this is actually a rule, a bullshit rule. So if you are self-sabotaging or if you catch yourself doing that, is it based on a rule? And is that rule actually factual or is it? A rule. A rule, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, there's some there's some great actions there. Sorry, was there any last any last comments on there? So I think we we handled it. I think. <laughs> well, it's another one of those deep pools that we could talk about for hours, but we can't. Um, we've gone over time again, um, <laughs> but we'll probably revisit this one because I think this is this has got um, this has got legs, as they say. Um, so anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, and thanks to my other roundtable members for making that a very interesting and thought-provoking conversation. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, I'd say that's a wrap. We hope that our time together has inspired you, lifted you up, and given you hope. We all know how difficult divorce is, and so we believe it's important to share these things and let you know that you're not alone. As a man, as a father, as a human being, it matters how you show up in this world. So hang in there. Now, if you like what you got out of this episode, please be sure and hit the subscribe button below and leave us a comment or review. Oh, and please be sure to recommend it to a friend as well. Now, for more information about this episode and about us X-Men, simply check out the episode description. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or just want to drop us a comment or a question, you can reach us at the X-Men Roundtable at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and we'll support you in any way that we can. Now, until next week, friends, this has been the X-Men Roundtable.